Good evening, everyone. And uh, as Daryl just said in our little warm-up, welcome to the newest podcast. Um, you're probably wondering what's going on and why I'm presenting. Well, tonight it's uh, going to be all about me trying to get some information, questions to Daryl, all the shit that he's done over the past 12 months. Um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Daryl. Um, Daryl is the only man with more illegitimate children than Boris Johnson. He is also the Henry VIII of the century with all of his wives. Mm. And he is the man with a better success rate in Eastern Europe than Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> I take some leads from Terry on that. How are you doing, Daryl? Oh, I'm already regretting life choices right now. <laughs> um, it's I, not that bad. Okay, but the intro was... Uh... I can't even deny it, really, can I, though? That's the thing. Jesus. It's not even lies that you've just told. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm... Um, this is weird. Like, normally, it's it's the other way around. So, it's a bit... It's a little bit surreal, I think, after doing this two years, and now, all of a sudden, I don't know what's coming. So, yeah. Bring it on, Lewis. Bring your, bring your worst. Oh, best. <laughs> oh, You'll be pleased to know we were supposed to have Dave Hammond on and Callum Lang. But ultimately, they just they just bottled it, you know. Yeah. So they just handle it. Yeah. Um, stuck with me the best part of however long this goes on. Well, let's um, hope it goes on longer than your lead campaign with Ajax. Oh. Everyone <laughs> wants to listen to this for the best part of a year and a half. So let's just nip that in the bud right now. <laughs> Okay, okay. No no IX digs, no IX digs. Okay, well, while we're on the topic of UE, how does it feel to be probably one of the only managers that finished third in a race? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened towards the end of the season. I, I kind of just drifted away, didn't concentrate. I set my teams up very similar. Guys like Steve and Percy have played, have gone through the leagues with me, so... Um, yeah, don't know how we bottled second. We were nearly champions at one point, and then I lost, like, drew one, lost two of the last four. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a bit of a kick in the butt, actually, because like, it was my own doing. So, yes, I somehow finished third. I, problem was, I think I got promoted too soon, and my head was like, well, that's job done. Instead of, like, trying to fight for something, my brain accepted that promotion was enough and um you can't do that can't do that you have to understand it's very strange for me to be in this position i never play ue like what's happening with Sturmgratz. i've never done it before <laughs> so you know um but yes third third to dave and steve was not looking back was not ideal seeing where we were and as though um that form will carry on into you feel having a bit of a tail off possibly stop you promoted this year or is that still the aim uh no i think top half this year um rises although mine were good um they've more balanced the squad across the squad instead of made me strong which i'm all right with um so i'm aiming top half if you can get a run going of course you know that could change halfway through the season but right now looking at the squads. The only thing that I'm looking at is a lot of the teams seem to play very defensive and I'm not a very defensive manager. Like, I don't think I know what a defensive tactic is, to be honest with you. Um, 
where it then becomes partly my downfall. It's also partly my success. So that gives me hope. Um, but obviously it will come with, I'll get shithoused in a few for being too attacking. But yeah, um, top half, top half. And then we'll review again sort of halfway. But I'm I'm thinking I can get top half. I, I feel confident. And who do you put down as kind of the main teams in that division then this season? Uh, well, definitely Mains. Dave's built one hell of a team there. Um, a scary-looking team um, for me. I would say Steve at Cone is on such a run. He may not have, you know, one of the better teams. I mean, they're good. But what he's got is momentum. And he's built his squad exactly as he wants, you know, exactly what works. Uh, Genk have started really, really strong. Um, and clearly no mugs. And if Ben Urin is uh, concentrating at Mets, he's a very, very good manager. Um, so I would say those four will be there or thereabouts. And then it's if anyone else can sort of sneak in. I would say. Okay. And and what about um, and uh, Genkin? Um, what about like AZ and that? AZ have started really poor. Um, I I beat them first game. Um, I'm not sure if he's changing things because he's got a very good team. Um, I then they're not looking great. Then so, AZ might struggle a bit. Um, if he doesn't figure out what he's doing at the moment, but yeah, him and Monaco have started pretty bad. I don't know how much concentration Robert Gibb is putting in at Monaco, but. Yeah, they've not started great, especially AZ. He's shipping goals at an alarming rate, to be fair. Quite interesting. Do you think that there's something in, like, kind of being relegated from one league, sort of being a bit of a trapdoor through the... Can do. Because like I've I've said on numerous podcasts, I think teams that have started in Division 4, like their teams right now, are scary good. So the ones coming up, had more points, had cash, had pick of the guys to get rid of when there was teams in debt. So them teams that are now come up into Division 1 and the ones that are now in Division 2 probably have built better squads than the guys slipping downwards. Um, plus, it's a confidence thing, and it? You start to panic, you know, oh, my God, I've got to change it. I haven't won in three. And so then you, you swap in a load of players that, you know, try and change it, try something different. And then that doesn't work. And then you can't go back. And then, you know, it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a problem. So yeah, you'd much rather be going up through the divisions than down to come back out. Cause I think the teams coming up, you know, there are some scary good division three and division two teams, you know, because of just the start they had. I think smaller clubs had a much better start had a much better preparation than any other teams in, in the game. I Let's say if you look through the leagues and the likes of Mallorca, and everyone talks about art media. Yep. You know, these are teams that are kind of in the bottom, sort yeah. of just flown through. As much as he's a douche, Hibs, Hibs are going to be in that conversation. Worldstone, you know, they're very good teams, you know, that they that started lower down because they had more points and a load of cash. I mean, me at Stone Grats, I think I started 75 points and 300 million. Like, I, no big team could come to me. I was in control, you know, even though they had the bigger players, you know. Um, and I think it's the first game 
where the big clubs, I don't feel have had really any advantage other than their starting squads, myself. Fair point, fair point. And um, moving on to the break that we've got on now, if you decide what you points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put some into my wingers um, because I got a 40 PV target man out of uh, the Rises. And so I'm going to flare and character up my wingers. Um, I think just, I like character, especially out in the wide guys. And if they've got flair as well, I just feel that those two would complement each other in wide men. Um, and then I'll have a couple left over that I'm probably just going to wait till I can buy a few more and then figure out uh, second essays on most of my defense. Cause then that will be done. I want to finish the midfield. If I get the wingers done, that's pretty much all my midfield uh, dual S aid. And then I've just got to finish up the defense and I pretty much have the squad where I want, which is why I think top half this season and then next season, you know, it was a seven year plan. I was planned this Bromby, uh, Bromby, um, Sturm Gratz was always a seven, seven season plan. Um, so where I'm at pretty much fits into that seven season plan. So. Oh, long time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just moving very briefly on to touch about, uh, to talk about you know, yeah, that now. Uh, yeah, so we've had a very brief discussion. Um, you know, Percy's a good manager. What he's left is, you know, he's obviously put his way on it. He, he I think he plays four five on quite a lot, looking at how it was set up. So we've got a good base. Um, there's some bits that we need to do that, that put me and Matt's touch on it. Um, deals have been really hard to come by, you know, um. So we, we've had a few discussions on how to approach that. We just have to hope scouting is kind, uh, which it hasn't been at the moment. But um, we've got a good base squad. And I think as long as we concentrate, we should be in the conversation to go up. I feel like we'll be in and around it. And, let, and you know, deals is going to be what, what is the, the key, is what we can uh, sneak. We have to hope that people want to add to their points. I think it's just it's a tough time to take over because everyone's just got 15 points. So... There's not really much going sales until they figure out what they're doing with them points if they want to buy more. So we just need to keep our eyes on what's available. But we've got a good base team. We've got a good base team. I mean, I'm due to play you in the cup upcoming week. Yeah, so. we're, already, we're already focused on the round after, so it's all right. <laughs> I had a feeling you might say that. We'll just, just see how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In, but in all seriousness, what that you kind of got at Fiorentina is unreal compared to the, a lot of the rest of the league. Mm. Um, so I think if it's not promotion, I I would be massively surprised off the back of that. I think so. Defence needs a little bit of work, but I think us going forward, there's no reason we can't outscore teams. Is what we're thinking of where we are, you know? Um, we might win a, win a few 3-2 sort of thing, you know? Um, yeah. But defensively, needs some work. We're in dire need of a left back, like absolute dire need. But we can't find one at the moment because Matt's very picky, such a bitch. So <laughs> maybe I should have got him on to join. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe because now actually he knows where he too much. <laughs> <laughs> he's he the perfect knows. person to have on it then. Oh, no, he's not. He's he's frightening. <laughs> in the deepest, deepest and darkest yeah yeah um, I've, i think i've spoke to him no lie every day every day for 10 11 years like we have not gone a day without speaking 
Oh, UE friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And the funny thing is we barely talk UE, but we have to now about Fiorentina. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, obviously, time of the year. You've, uh, it is Christmas coming up and nothing go out Christmas. Um, now that you, because I'm not right in thinking that you used to work in hospitality, you need to kind of have Christmas off. What's the plan for this year? Uh, sleeping. <laughs> um, no, okay. I, I will, um, I'm seeing the kids. Obviously, having a, a Russian ex-wife, Christmas is not a big deal to her. She's not bothered. Um, so I'll, I have the kids Christmas and New Year. Because Russian Christmas is like January 6th, I think. They do celebrate right. the 12 days after, I think. Um, so she deals with New Year and she buys presents for that. So I do Christmas and then she takes them for New Year. So it works out really well. So I'll see the kids Christmas Day. Um, I normally do like an evening stream once I'm not with them. So I'll stream in the evening uh, for all the sad, lonely people on the internet that have got nobody. Um, and then I'd probably call a hooker and go to sleep. <laughs> it, it sounds like a good Christmas. Sounds like, sounds like a very Daryl Christmas. Be good dad. <laughs> sounds like a party. A little bit of Twitch and then hookers and sleep. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, <laughs> while we're on the topic of Christmas, one person that loves Christmas is um, a couple oh, of God. questions came in from this. Okay. Look, First I've one. offered him tactical advice anytime he wants. If he wants to win, he just needs to message. I mean, he he <laughs> when he did respond to me about that, he's rather than two rather than third. <laughs> um, his first question is obviously Charlton related. Rob Lee, Lee Boyer, or Scott Parker? Going for? Oh, oh. See, Scott Parker, though, left us when we was, you know, we lost Darren Bent and Scott Parker pretty much, and we've never recovered. So, fuck him. Lee Bowyer, as a manager at the time, he was, I'd, but Rob Lee, it's Rob Lee for me. I'd have to, I, I, I like the others, but I love Rob Lee. So, yeah, I'll go with Rob Lee. He didn't, yeah, he's, he's not a twat. Yeah, Rob Lee for me. Did Bowie play for you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's him as a manager. Like at the time he came in is exactly what we needed. And I think nothing against him because, you know, he gave us a bit of hope. I think it's, I, I'm not sure he's ready for where people think he is. And I think what he's doing at Birmingham is proving that. That's nothing against him. As I say, he was wonderful for us. Like wonderful at the time that we needed someone to, get us through what was horrible. I just don't think he's got everything he needs to be a higher up manager. And I feel like what's happened with the Birmingham stuff has kind of proved that. I understood why he had to move on. I also understood why Birmingham, you know, was the next logical place. But yeah, I don't, I don't hold anything bad against him, but I think the change was needed because I don't think he's ready, you know, but Yeah. And Scott Parker's um, just a traitor. They got slapped 4-0 today. Um, yeah, by Black. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, there's nothing against him. As I say, he was wonderful for us at a time that we needed somebody. Um, 
but yeah, his man management skills and, you know, we, you know, when we brought Marcus Madison and we had Johnny Williams in and he like subbed Johnny Williams off after like 12 minutes of coming on as the sub because he didn't put a tackle into someone. And I just think stuff like that just shows immaturity a little bit. Um, Marcus Madison's obviously well documented that his mental health's not been the greatest. Didn't really get much help for me. And I just, it's that kind of stuff where as much as love I'm grateful I am to Lee Bowyer, just I don't think he's ready as a manager. Fair enough, fair enough. And then the second one from Missile was, um, are you next getting married and <laughs> is he invited? Uh, if I ever get married again, I will make sure Missile gets ordained to marry me. So <laughs> it's, very, it's very unlikely. Yes, here, 100%. With the plans I've got, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been put off marriage, but I can't see me doing it again because it's just fucking stress. Be the bird from Colchester? Uh, yeah. Okay, and that leads me on to my next question, which come from an anonymous person. Have you been fisted yet? <laughs> uh, no. No, I have not. But, you can never say never. <laughs> that is just wrong. I no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry had a question. We I've already. Oh God. Yeah. So Jerry's question was: Will Daryl still be available to do the podcast twenty twenty four? It's an in intensive care due to his cock falling off, finally succumbing to some rare Latvian STA. Uh. <laughs> Listen, if I haven't caught some rare Latvian STD by now, I'm never going to. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's not going anywhere. I'll buy a cock sleeve or a fake one or I'll do something. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like flesh one out if, like if they're I, doing friends. It could be. Maybe I'm like that. I'll just regrow it. It's just like maybe that's what's been happening. But no, if, if I haven't caught something by now with some of the weird Eastern Europeans I've been with, then I may never... I'm quite confident that I've skipped it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and given the time of the year, what's your wildest news? Oh, Jesus. You want to know? Oh, God. Um, okay. I was living in Brighton. So when I started getting, you know, high up through the hotel ranks, you know, I'm, I, got, I was running a place called the King's Hotel down on Brighton Seafront. Make um, it sound like a mafia. Um, hotel business can can kind of be. Uh, um, but yeah, so I got offered this job at King's Hotel, and I was running the King's Hotel, and it was dodgy as hell because it was like just a builders hotel, workmen, single men that travel a lot. It was just seedy as fuck. Um, and so New Year's Eve there was just carnage, and me as the manager was way way beyond any sort of sobriety. I. I think I drank more than everyone put together there. And I passed out just after midnight. Now, I don't remember nothing for about three days. I still know nothing's come back to me. But I come to on the evening of the 3rd of January in an armchair in Aberdeen. And I'd been drinking in Brighton. I was running a pub in, in a hotel in Brighton. And I come to up in Aberdeen with no recollection how I got there. Just some woman and guy there. Greg and Steve, uh, Greg, 
and Steve was uh, his brother who come there. I can't remember his wife's name, but they were staring at me as I come to. She was like, you might need some coffee. I was like, okay. Um, I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I got there. Um, I don't know if I drove. I don't know if I flew. I don't know what I was doing in Aberdeen. Why Aberdeen? And why these people? Um, I never really understood. They just said they met me at a party. Uh, yeah, so that's probably the wildest. I lost three days of my life and woke up in Aberdeen. Wow. <laughs> when you, when, as you were going through that, and Greg and Steve, I was wondering, is Steve the name of the Scottish woman? That's a typical sort of Scottish female yeah, name. Yeah, no, so later on, her brother come to drive me to the train station. I can't remember her name. Nikki, maybe? Definitely Greg. Because he was the one that I'd obviously spent the most time with. Steve drove me to the station later that day. And I had to come. I came. It took me like 11 hours to get home. It was madness. I got traded to Birmingham. Birmingham into London. London down to Brighton. It was it was carnage. Carnage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's probably the, the wildest new year. But other than that they've just been messy you know just very drunk just an excuse problem is I, I never i never drunk more than i normally did on new year's eve everyone else just drunk the same as me so it's just a normal day really for me it's just everyone else was doing the same as i did like every other day of the year <laughs> fair enough and just while we're on the topic of stories a question that came in from Dave. yeah um He's asked, what's the one story that you never want to talk about? You're never going to know. Oh, I, I mean, this is the opportunity, surely. No, no, it's not. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to pry because it seems it's very there, private. There is one. I don't, yeah, no, no, not, not yet. <laughs> I, okay. I thought about it. That's the first time I thought about it. But there's... um. Yeah, there's some. There's probably quite a lot that you know that I've sort of normalised to myself. Um, that probably people would hear and go, "Well, you should be arrested. Should be at a mental institution." Because it was it was madness. Like you know, ruining my my mate's wedding, dre coming dressed in drag. You know, stuff like that. I actually hired. <laughs> yeah, I hired a gay guy. I'll give you this one because this one I always try and keep. For close people so i knew a guy called steve another guy called steve and his missus hated me because i steve was very easily led and i was a terrible person you know um he's the guy that so we we were fucking about his house drinking and she told us just get out of her hair go get some milk and we got in his car and his passport was in the glove box so i took him to ibiza for three days without telling <laughs> her right so she's called the cops, they, everything. He's missing. And I come back three days later with him. Cops are there. She's there screaming. The problem was, so I brought him in and he's hammered. He's a mess. So I'm dragging him in, sit him down in the chair. And I put a pint of milk on the table in front of all these cops and her. And I was like, there you go. And I go to leave. And the cops are like, you're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He went on holiday. He's a grown ass man. But her, so they were getting married. And obviously he invited me because he loved me. And she come to me and said, Daryl, please don't ruin my wedding. And it's like red, this person I was, that was like a red flag to a bull. So I'm thinking, all right, I'll show you. So I hired two gay makeup artists, yeah? Designers or and hair. 
and they 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 did me i shaved i had perfect wig makeup everything turned up to their wedding late bust open the door so everybody in the church turned and started laughing and they're mid-service everyone's now laughing that i'm there in drag scream out hello like mrs doubtfire and she just burst into tears completely fucked it all up for them and all because she told me not to ruin it so that one's pretty bad that was pretty bad there you go i hope that hope that helps Snow. i mean that's gonna suppress everyone for a while i think um having been having got married this I can't imagine how my missus reacted. Yeah, uh, she was uh, she was devastated. Do you know what's funny now though? I've sort of made enough peace where I'm godfather to their children. That's a bit of a turnabout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe when and she asked me. Oh, yeah. There you go. But yeah, she uh, she you, didn't she didn't talk to me for a long, long time. Have you explained to the story? Uh, explained to what? Sorry. Explained to the kids the story. no. But if they ask. <laughs> Fair enough. So it seems to be a bit of a running theme, you dressing up in female clothes and yeah. stuff like that. And that yeah. onto TikToks. Yeah. One of your biggest loves. Um, what's the deal? Because I watch some of the stuff you put on Instagram. Mm. And it seems as though you're just miming stuff already. Is this because I don't really it's like a big deal now. Uh, so it only started in lockdown because the kids said I wasn't funny. And I was like, I'll show you. I'm fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> and it, it just kind of it just kind of took off. Um, the thing is, so I'll, I'll scrot, sit there and watch it. And then I will see something. And an idea will just hit me. Good, bad or indifferent. And I literally get up and film it myself. So I'll see someone mime into a sound. I'll hear the sound and I'll think of a version that I wanted to do um, or something will just come to me straight away. And so that's kind of how it's been. Like the brain just drifts off. It's, it's probably the safest place for me to have those creative thoughts because it, I, it doesn't really matter what goes on there. Like anything goes on there. Um, and so that's, that's pretty much how the TikToks come about. Yeah, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, come into my uh come into my head so i guess it's given some of the shit that's on there it's an opportunity to just kind of not be judged i guess i guess so mine it's just a place for me to get the thoughts out of my head honestly that's how it started was some, to have a bit of fun with the kids like scarlet loves it you know she's always coming to me with ideas a lot of the more sensible ideas not the rude ones are scarlet's ideas scarlet will tell me what she wants to do and what she wants to see which is weird but yeah that's uh scarlet is the one that that tells me a lot <laughs> fair enough and a question on your tiktoks came from fife oh yeah you said when are you going to stop making the shit one no because they get numbers you have to do the mental health ones now and then to make people follow i don't like doing it uh but you've got to think of the algorithm and the algorithm sometimes needs emotional support. But don't believe any of them. They're literally there for the numbers. So there you go. You're being scammed. If you're watching them and think, oh, poor Daryl. No, it's a scam. It's the algorithm. I get more followers when I do, oh, guy's been hurt and 
Have you ever heard a guy say he's fine? I get numbers and followers, and then I can throw out a load of silly ones. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if you're paying the bills, does it matter? I guess so, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my content in total, a lot of people have then started following Twitch and stuff. and So, yeah, I guess so. It's, it's getting me through. All my creative side is, is paying all right. Okay, fair play. Um, just got a couple more questions and please sort of like round up. So, um, one's coming from Rich Potter and it's actually childhood, I imagine. Um, yeah, he grew up. He said, How area. much man fat did you waste around the back of the blue orchid? <laughs> ah, it meant nothing to me. Richard knows, he knows. Oh, the blue school kid. Oh, that place is grim. Um, a lot, a lot. Like, can you elaborate? Because for those of us that are uneducated, okay. So like there was well. a there was a club in Croydon, um, just by the main flyover, um, and town hall and stuff. It's right there on the corner, next to a place called Heroes Heroes Sports Bar, and it got nicknamed the Blue School Kid. So I would go to the Blue Orchid on student night on a Tuesday, or under eighteen night on a Tuesday. I would go student night on a Thursday and then adults on Friday, Saturday, I would go to all four and it'd be the same bouncers. So it, it was a really don't give a fuck place. And it was your typical garage is the new thing, sticky floors, warm glasses kind of nightclub. And they had a VIP section that had carpet, but everyone smoked in it and it was just <laughs> burnt carpet. And it was Croydon itself is just... Oh, Groydon is grim. Well, it was back in the day. And so, yeah, like there was a point, there was a, there was a girl at the back down the side alley. Um, I think she must have sucked off at least seven different men coming out of that club. And she just sat there like taking it. It was, yeah, it was grim. I actually had a fight with Bradley from S Club 7 in that alleyway. I didn't, he wasn't in S Club. He wasn't in S Club at the time. But yeah, I actually, uh, we actually had a fight. Yeah, Bradley from S Club 7. So like we were standing outside trying to get home and I was a little drunk, as you can imagine. And there was the girl. Oh God, you haven't heard that story either. Okay, there's a girl that we'll get to that. We'll get to that because she grew up and decided to call me out. She's the only girl that ever did that. Um, and he tried to chat her up while I was trying to hail a taxi. So I turned around, pushed him. I was like, go find your own. Do you know what I mean? If you're alone at this time of night coming out the orchid, means you probably should just go home. But he pushed me back. He's like, fuck off, Brit. And then we got into a ruck down the side. And then I saw like a music video and I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck, it's that trap from, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bradley from S Club got a slap. He slapped back, to be fair. It wasn't like, I can't even say that I beat him. So I don't really talk about that much. We got pulled apart by the bouncers. But yeah, um, but yeah, that girl. Olivia, her name was, was uh, treated like absolute shit. Like she was just not ready. She was from a very posh family. She's half Greek, you know, expectations were high, played the piano, just real nice girl. Uh, meeting someone like me was just a disaster because she was just battered all the time. She got drunk, so drunk once that me and my mate drove her home in Purley, um, carried her up to her front door, knocked the door, her dad opened, and we literally just dumped her on him, drunk and throwing up, and said, it's your problem now, and we left, and her dad was <laughs> raging. 
<laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so she was messed up. She grew up to be quite a good uh, journalist and she worked for Grazia magazine and she wrote an article called The Lure of a Bad Boy. And she starts the article with um, teenage dalliances of laborers, drummers, men called Daryl. the only person called out literally the day that that came out my phone everyone that knew me was just like oh she called you out bitch and like it was it was a rough day rough day yeah she actually called me out yeah she called me a scrub in there you can't take them home to your mom yeah it was it was bad i've actually someone found it it's actually a command in my twitch stream so if you want to read it i'll pull the command i'll i'll put it out for you guys to read yeah she uh she called my ass out hard <laughs> wow yeah 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 question for you just sort of like this up and be kind of i'll sit here and i'll chuckle at you kind of thing i never did anything half as bad as some of the stuff that you shared you you regret anything um yeah because like looking back now having survived it all i can pull out the funny bits but to be in that lifestyle there's there's not a lot more fun you know than the bits um i regret how i've treated some people there are some people that i'll never be able to sort of make amends for so that kind of side of it but would I change it? Would I go back and do it different? Probably not. That's the thing. Because I learned so much from it. I think I just got lucky that I got sober when I did. I got out of it when I did because I can now look at it as a learning experience. And that's how I kind of balance it out. But I caused so much hurt. You know, there's a lot of people that I've never spoken to again, you know, because of my behavior and stuff. Like, so, yes, it, while it's funny... Um, I, I can't say that I regret it. Am I proud? No. Do I regret? Probably no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would do it all again because of what I've learned and where I am at now. Because it just, uh, you know, there are some people that don't get out of it and maybe that's when you get stuck with regrets. Um, but no, yeah, I can't, I can't say I regret it. But I just regret some of the people that, I, don't, I won't get a chance to sit down and either let them have their moment of yelling at me. You know what I mean? Like they deserve to at least tell me how they felt, if that makes sense. And I think that bit I regret is burning too many bridges. I, I think this is going to go slightly off topic. No, sure. Away from us and stuff. But I think you're absolutely right in terms of kind of and get to where you are now um if you haven't done those things yeah you know i mean i mean i can relate ever so slightly because i previously had like a gambling addiction um no then and- you can you can relate a lot because like drinking was never the problem like me not drinking was easy like i don't miss drinking at all it's that person you know and i think all addiction is is the person that has to do that the the actual subject of the addiction is is from the person like so the person is all the same what you affix your addiction to is what's different and that's what makes people think different but it's not you you know exactly where i was just in a different you know just a different form do you know what i mean 
Yeah, exactly. And and actually the I guess the, the process of kind of having addiction is still the same and go through the same highs, the same lows. Mm-hmm. And you put people through it in the exact same way. Yeah. Um I, was I always said that we whatever addiction you've had, we all know what the bottom feels like. How we get to oh. that bottom is always different. You know, I remember sitting in rehab with a woman that used to just drink in the theater champagne and wine. And I'm looking at her and she's telling her story. Like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You know, I was drinking fucking baby sham in a park in Wimbledon, um, you know, and, but then she talked about how her, how she felt. And that was exactly the same, you know? So yeah, I, no, I always, no. I always look at it that, we all hit the bottom different ways, but the bottom is still the same dark, lonely place that we all remember it, you know? It's just what you do at the bottom. Yeah, and how you recover from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I tell you, the day I the day I decided to get sober, here you go, here's a story I don't share. This one's not so funny. Um, I was selling drugs at the time, Christmas. It's cruel, Christmas Day. And I was selling drugs in Worthing because I had no family left talking to me or anything. And I'm at this woman's house and she said, do you want to come in for a drink as it's Christmas? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, I don't know this girl's name. I think it's Adele. I always have called her Adele, but it may not be. So she's doing the, the gear I sold her and I'm drinking some vodka. And about 20 minutes in, she just boom, hits the deck, you know, hits the deck out cold. Like, I don't think it was an OD. I think she just passed out, you know, I'm not sure. But she hits the deck and as she hits the deck, a daughter comes in. Her daughter walks in and starts shaking her to try and wake her up. Now, I've always called it a CCTV moment because I was looking down on me, like in the corner of the room, down in this picture. And I just remember my brain saying, really? Like, is this, you know, you're 28. Is this you? Is this who I am? And I couldn't shake it. So I called an ambulance and I ran. I literally ran. Um, I tried to sleep it off. But on the 27th of December, I went to my mum's because I think that's the first place you go whenever you've had enough and you time to confess. You go to mum first. I just, I feel my mum my wasn't in and I'm trying to break in and the police come obviously because I'm trying to break in and they put me in a cell. So this is two days after I've had what I've always called as my moment of clarity and scratched on the wall of the cell. Someone had scratched, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? And I remember staring at that for, I think it was like nine hours I was in that cell. Just nodding, going, yeah, I'm clearly sick. You know, like I'm eight stone at this point. I'm fucking yellow. You know, I can't go days without something, you know, and I'm tired. I'm very tired. Um, And when they sent in a drug and alcohol worker, I, I confessed a whole lot and I was in detox uh no i was doing i went to see a professor through that year and then i was in detox by the summer i was in rehab by september so literally nine months from that yeah and out of the blue like there's no one alive at that moment in time that would have said i would have offered to go and get sober but yeah it was uh that was how and in detox is where i found ue i started playing ue in detox there you go and uh, actually the bad came good yeah 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 i i always think in any any addiction if anyone's gone through any addiction there are moments where you sit there and go what the fuck 
it's whether you grab those moments and go, actually, what the fuck is, I've had enough. And I think everybody that has any kind of addiction has many of those little moments of, what the fuck am I doing? But there is just one moment all of a sudden where you latch onto that and go, yeah, what the fuck am I doing? And that's the moment that you really push because you have to do it yourself, you know? You have to all of a sudden just have it click. And that's the scary part of addiction is that you can't actually help anyone. You just have to wait for them to have their what the fuck moment. And luckily mine was that, you know? And my mum not being in. Because I think maybe if my mum had been in, I probably would have ended up telling her a load of lies. I probably wouldn't have confessed as much as I did to that drug and alcohol worker, who I still thank. Every sobriety, I tag her on Facebook and say, it's you that I thank. She's like, no, you've done it yourself. I'm like, yeah, but you had to be the one to first person to sit down and actually listen to my bullshit i still tag her every year lucy her name was she's lovely uh, sometimes it's uh easy of uh to kind of lie to family if that makes sense mm. kind of okay oh yeah 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 amount of times they've tried to family intervention me they tried to do it once uh, <laughs> this one's a bit, little bit more funny um at holy communion they tried to set me up and everyone was there ready for after the communion to fucking get me. So I took a load of ketamine before I turned up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in a holy communion trying to Spider-Man along the church walls. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no family intervention. And then I passed out out in the graveyard outside and they, oh, they left me there. So yeah, it was a, this little woman. I think she played the organ. She woke me up in the end and said I had to leave. <laughs> But yeah, so I was like, I got you. I know what you motherfuckers are going to do. So I took a load of ketamine and Spider-Man walled all around the church. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> uh, something a bit more lighthearted there. Yeah, Spider-Man. yeah, yeah. You're a Marvel fan. Seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I literally watched it this afternoon. Hey, oh, spoiler alert for anyone listening. Yeah. Um, okay, do, are we giving spoilers? Just take a hanky. 100% and don't leave after the first end credits because the second one's oh. more important. <laughs> yeah, the second one sets up next. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. massively. But what a film. Yeah, I, I mean, what a way to finish that trilogy. Yeah. And what a way to sort of leave it open for future, though. I think still. Yes. Um, I, I, well, you know. Rumor has it that he have a three you're going to even Morbius and one other. I think, yeah. The thing is, Sony may own the rights, but they know that Marvel will make the most money. But they know that they've got the character and what they're doing with Venom and stuff, they can use him. So it's always in their f- both sets to to come to a deal, and I think they'll always come to it. Yeah, definitely. Because Marvel just, they don't miss, do they? They just don't miss. Everything they touched turned apart, yeah. apart from that was dog shit. Which one? Or two, Dark World. Oh, yes. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I, everything else, fine. I haven't seen Annals or Black Widow. Pretty uh, much everything Shang, else, fine. Shang-Chi, amazing. Like, yeah. uh, that was the one I was like, nah. but amazing. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, Marvel just, and they're even doing it now with TV. Like, DC at least used to have the TV stuff with, like, Arrow and Flash. But yeah. now it's just all Marvel when it DC are. Pretty much dead. I, I, the problem is DC could probably make a good film, but it wouldn't be Marvel, would it? So it's going to get judged. You know? Like, I didn't think Aquaman was so bad, but it was just Thor underwater. You know? Yeah. Um, 
And who wants to see that? Have you speaking of the in the new Superman and Lewis, uh, Lois? Um, uh, no, I haven't yet. Looks really good. I haven't seen any of it yet, but it has had good reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it's that it's it's the dude in it that was Superman in Supergirl. Yeah, I think that's what's put. Me uh, off. Is it? Yeah, I think it's the same guy that played him in Supergirl. Oh, okay. I think I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that I it's him. He lost that track. I lost track of all of the DC TV yeah. series. Probably after about Flash season six. Yeah, I think when it started getting to the end. So Arrow, I, I watched all the way through. I stayed loyal to Arrow. Supergirl went really weird for me. Yeah, Flash just, you know, was just the same story with a different villain. Rehashed, I felt. It just became. And Legends of Tomorrow was... I, I always thought that was there just for the memes. I don't think Legends of Tomorrow was ever meant to be taken serious at all. And I think it knew that. Um... Because I quite enjoyed it, but you have to look at it lightheartedly and not take it seriously because I do think it was just meant to be a mess around you. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I love the DC series, but now it's, you know, look at, what's it, Hawkeye and, you know, WandaVision was great and Loki was great. And, you know, they got She-Hulk coming and all the Black Panther stuff they're going to do TV and yeah, it's going to be crazy, isn't it? Uh, and there's bound to be a new Daredevil series. Yeah, so form. he's he's actually going to be playing Daredevil, isn't he? Yeah. The yeah, original he's... guy. But he's like, as a new character, it's like we've never seen what he did on Netflix or something. I was reading. I don't know. I think they're keeping, I think they're sort of accepting it. Is again, one of the rumours, and spoiler alert, I haven't seen any of Hawkeye yet, but oh, one of the should. sort of rumours is Kingpin. Ah. Uh, Daredevil was great. Daredevil was a great oh, show. What a series. Yeah, it was a really good series. And the problem was for me is Luke Cage was a supported actor, shouldn't have had his own series, and Iron Fist was terrible. And that kind of ruined it uh, a lot for me. You know, I like, I like, Luke, I like Luke Cage, uh, but he was a supporting guy. He didn't need his own series for me. Yeah. Jessica like, Jones yeah. was a good series. Yeah, it was. Kind of I think it just it got a bit silly. You know, there wasn't even a baddie in, what, the second one or third one? There wasn't even really a villain, was there? It was just, I don't know. Daredevil was just amazing, though. I just felt the others lost their way a bit. Yeah. Okay. Time to probably wrap up. I've got one more question for you, Daryl. Please. Right. Um, so, are the rumours of you and fellow Welshman Maxi being involved in a sheep's crew? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Maxi wanted to start a, 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 I'm sure he won't mind me telling a Welsh person's only WhatsApp room. And, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I got that message and I I laughed and then you realise who your message is from, so you realised he was serious. And I politely told him to eat earwax. <laughs> I would rather take tactical advice from missile than be in a Welsh only group. <laughs> no offense maxi but yeah that wasn't for me yeah that's the only rumor that could be where all that sheep stuff come from the welsh only whatsapp group the thing is who else would have been in that group that's what frightened me how many other welshmen are there you know there's not a lot of us 
<laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I'm a very proud Welshman, and then I meet people like Maxi and start to freak out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. So, uh, you guys have been quite gentle. I, I approve. Oh, it, it, uh, you being left in the hot seat. Hopefully, I, uh, I know they left you all alone uh, to face to face the demons. I know you wanted to come on really just to like get some tactical advice after we. You know, I, I understand. No, do you know what? I'll tell you the truth with you. It's because I supported you so hard in the Champions League. As you know, I was a team Ajax since the group stages. And then you flopped so bad after the final. I just, it's out of frustration. I do it out of love. When Missile, Missile just sucks. So. <laughs> well, you and I have spoken about this. Yes. And actually, and, and just putting it out there so that other people <laughs> sort of like hear kind of what I've said mm -hmm. is that, that that second half of last season with Ajax just straight up was not enjoyable like for, for multiple and actually kind of when it's not enjoyable you kind of think to yourself well what's the point in playing and yeah. that's why I kind of thought to myself I've got to get rid of it I've got to start something in in the bottom division is like people like laugh at this no pressure. When you think of pressure with you, what a daft get. Like, what the fuck's he talking about? But actually, when you're not enjoying it, like, things just stack up. Yeah. So that's why I just thought, I've got to bin them off. Start again. Just have a bit of a laugh of it. And that's what happened. So, and I think you that's keep the thing. your shit at me <laughs> as much as you want. <laughs> hey, and you're always welcome on the podcast to take advice. It's all right, mate. <laughs> Thank you. If it makes you feel better, then I'll happily attend. It does. It does. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Daryl, and have mm. a great Christmas and, and uh, an enjoyable new. And you, sir, and I appreciate you taking time out your Saturday night to bore me to death. <laughs> <laughs> <You> absolute motherfucker! Is. <laughs>